Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. You are Locked On Suns, your daily Phoenix Suns podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello there, and welcome to Locked On Suns, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Happy Thursday to you. My name is Kellen Olson, your host of Locked On Suns. We are coming off a break yesterday. We are back to talk about the loss to the Indiana Pacers at home, 109-94. to I'm joined, as always, by former son, Eddie House. Eddie, how are you doing? I'm okay. I'm okay. Uh, you know, a little anxious for tonight's game, Raiders versus Chiefs. So uh, not only that, got another big game. My son got a game tonight, too. So I got two games on my plate. And, uh, you know, hopefully it could, these, these, I could get some wins and erase the, the sting of last night's loss. Busy times, busy times. Uh I'm not I'm not sure the vibe I got from last night's game. It was honestly kind of a confusing game to watch because the Suns were in it for most of the most of the game, but then the execution late really hurt them. Another fourth quarter where they get outscored severely, twenty seven to fourteen. It just kinda of seems like the Pacers were professionals at the end and knew how to take care of the game. Yeah, well you, you look at you said twenty seven fourteen. It's always one of these quarters that the Suns uh, have a uh, mental lapse, uh, lose focus, uh, don't complete the quarter all the way through, whether it be the start of it or the end or even the middle, however it is, or just the whole quarter as a total. Um, it was just one of those games. I mean, it was, at, I think with the 506 mark, it was 97-92. Uh, uh, the Suns had a great opportunity to make a push there, and, and they just they just couldn't close it, man. They couldn't make shots, and that was the theme of all night. I mean, Leandro Barbosa came in and gave some big minutes early in the in the first half, and and that's exactly when when they needed it. But you look at forty percent from the field and taking thirty three threes and only knocking down nine for twenty seven percent. That's just not going to get it done. And again, the the numbers that pop up again: nineteen turnovers and only seventeen assists. So, you know, it's it's one of those things where it's it's starting to be uh, a reoccurring theme for this team and I mean they're just not they're not going to win many many games doing doing it like this it is I'll go out on a limb and say the next game where they finish with at least like a 1.4 assist to turnover ratio or something like that I think they're going to win it because they've been sticking around in games and playing well in games despite that and 17 assists 19 turnovers that's below a one that's terrible they've they're now down to like a 1.1 for the season which is by far the worst mark in the league by a substantial margin also committed 31 fouls Bledsoe and Booker each had five of them and they had four turnovers each as well that led to 41 free throws for the Pacers they only shot 78 percent from the free throw line the Suns actually were 17 of 18 from the line but that much of a free throw disparity is really hard to come back from Indiana was also plus nine on the boards we often don't we don't often see this Phoenix Suns team get beat on the glass but tonight was another example and at the end, really, like I said uh, just a minute ago, it seemed like guys like uh, Thaddeus Young, Jeff Teague, Monte Ellis didn't play that much, but Paul George, these are guys who know how to close out games. They've been in this league a long time, and the Suns just don't seem to have that comfort level yet with closing out games at all. Yeah, that's where it, where, where it goes down to. They don't have a guy you can roll the ball to and say, hey, bring it home for us, where Indiana has a couple guys 
uh, that can do that. And Monte Ellis, a little long in the tooth, been in the league for a while, but he's he's experienced. Jeff Teague is starting to come into his own. Paul George, we already know where he's at with his game. And uh, the free throw discrepancy is kind of, uh, you know, if you look at the box scores, you see that you like, oh, that's where the game was won and lost. Really, they still was in the game after allowing all these free throws. They were right there. Like I said, 506, you're down five points after giving up so many free throws. It comes down to offensive execution and defensive execution. And the Suns didn't have either last night. Uh, on a positive note for the Suns, though, uh, Tyson Chandler got his 267th double-double, uh, uh, played in his, th- in his thousandth game. And uh, him and Steve Nash, the only two to get a double-double in their thousandth game for the Suns. So uh, shout-out to, to Tyson Chandler for for showing he, he longevity and that he can still get it done. He's continuing to play well. Uh, one guy I've been noticing that hasn't been playing well is P.J. Tucker. He was 3 of 12 from the field. I just, flat out, I don't think he's a guy that should be taking at least 10 shots in a game in any, in any scenario, no matter how depleted the roster is or whatever. And he's 3 of 12. We saw a nice little run from him at Dudley uh, a couple weeks ago, really, where they were starting to get their rhythm. And now Tucker has started to assert himself a little bit more offensively. But in these last two games... Uh, he hasn't really been doing that well. One thing I noticed is when we see teams on like the Suns level or really uh, teams that aren't in the playoffs, I notice what those teams are doing differently. And Jeff Teague's line really stands out to me because he got off to a really rough start in the game, but he finished 6 of 15. But the thing that differentiated him is that he finished with 19 points, but 11 assists. He had three turnovers, but he had 11 assists. And if you look at someone like Bledsoe, for example, he had four turnovers and four assists. So Teague was really able to get himself involved as a distributor he had 11 of his team 16 assists and really carried them down the stretch with his just playmaking ability yeah he did and and well, the thing though also is, is Paul George came in with 836 left in the fourth and had seven points from that point so they have closers you know and, and they, they have a superstar and we lack that over here with the Suns we have good players but right now they're we don't really have um, guys that we know for a fact night in and night out. If we're, we need we need it done, um, they can get it done. We got guys can, that can pop up and do it, you know, a couple games here, a game there, and it's different guys. But we don't have the one guy that, that you need uh, to be competitive in this league. Uh, you, that's just – you need that because um, every team pretty much has it. And it seems like the Suns are, are, are the, it's the team that, you know, doesn't have that out there. And then you want to look at it too uh, at, at, at this way. The Phoenix Suns have played a quarter of their season pretty much, right? Mm-hmm. So 20, 22 games. And what is their identity? You know, what is their identity? What do they hang their hat on? I have no idea. I don't, I'm quite sure you don't have any idea. And that's a scary... <laughs> I think we know their identity is that they're terrible with assistant turnovers. But other than that, we have it's, it's a team where I just you can't find a consistent thing to point to outside of that it's really yeah, well, no one in particular they're consistently inconsistent though yeah. the team is you know that's the one thing that you could count on is they could be inconsistent you know then uh, they've proved that all year but they have no identity you know they how, how are they going to play offensively how are they going to play defensively and this late in the in the game is is only going to get worse and, and it's, it's scary because you come in to training camp and you establish your identity at training camp. You start understanding and, and uh, people's roles are starting to get defined a little more during the preseason. And then the first game comes, you pretty much know what you're going to do. And you're just going to build off of that, that foundation that you guys have already created. 
and you have this identity. It's how we're going to play offense. It's how we're going to play defense. And you just try to get better through the year. You should be better from the first game to the quarter point of the season, and your identity has, is established. Everybody knows already what you're going to do and how you're going to play. And, uh, and then it just gets better as the season progresses. But you look at the Suns, and that's why I said it's scary. They, have, they don't have an identity. You know, and, and it's I mean, that that's just scary to me, you know, because there's so much so many more games left to play. And I hear a lot of people starting to say, hey, well, let's play the rookie. So basically mail in the season and rookies are going to play over these veterans. I don't know the contract situation for everybody, but a veteran is not going to take kindly to a rookie just getting to the, actually the team to say, hey, man, we're just going to develop these youngsters. We're not getting it done. And he's maybe in a contract year. I don't think he'll take kindly to that. And it's just it's it's going to create some um, just some bad scenarios that can happen for the Phoenix Suns if they don't start changing. And they got to find their. And I don't know how you all automatically just snap your fingers and, or turn the switch on and you find your identity. But if they don't find something that they can hang their hat on offensively, defensively, then it's going to be a really really long season. And we're looking for them to have a top five pick again. Yeah, earlier we were talking about uh, them having a go-to guy down the stretch. Who do you think is closer to being that guy for them? Is it Bledsoe or Booker? Because it seems like it's been Bledsoe in some of these games, and Booker maybe has the ability to turn into that guy. But it seems like both of them just aren't at that stage. I think if you had to pick one, I would pick Bledsoe. It's in, and it's because of he just has the ball in his hands more. Um, he's he's a a more seasoned guy being that he's played, he's been in this league for, for some years now. He's comfortable on the court. He's, it's not, it's nothing that he hasn't seen out there before, you know, uh, with, and this is the thing with Devin Booker is that now, you know, he's, is the focus of everybody's defense. Everybody's gearing up to stop him. So he has to deal with that. That's what he's dealing with right now. And then on the other end, he's looking like a liability defensively. So then they're going at him on the other end. So one end, he's trying to figure out how to get his. On the other end, he's getting it given to him. So he's in a he's in a tricky situation right now. And this is uh is one of those this is a learning experience. Uh, you know, you you learning th- while you're playing, and is is he when is he what steps is he going to take? And that's what I'm looking at. What steps are he going is he going to take to? get better offensively because I don't think that he's playing to his capabilities or anybody else's capabilities offensively. We could agree to that. And then also defensively, I mean, I seen a play last night. It was a pick and roll. His man kicked it back to um, to the big man because it was like almost like a pick and – no, it's a pick and roll. Big man kind of uh, – no, it's a pick and pop. Top of the key. He kicked it back to his man. He like relaxed and stood for once and got back cut and then there was a layup. And it's just those things, like the mental lapses that are happening, and that's what teams are seeing in him. And that's the way that you can stifle his offense is by making him guard on the other end while you're giving these, giving him these different looks on uh, when he has the basketball. Mm-hmm. I think Brandon Knight had a really rough night last night as well. It was one of those games where you can't really necessarily look at the box score and you can say, like, all right, three assists, only one turnover. He was three of ten, which isn't that good, finished with ten points. But – I saw offensively and defensively. Offensively, he was making a lot of poor decisions, taking a lot of poor shots again, not finding the right man to go to. And then defensively, it was the same story where he's just been really not that good. And for me, I think it's been he's not in the right role. We talked about this a couple of days ago. He's not in the right role. It's a difficult adjustment for him. But at some point, 
there's just a period the Suns get to where they have to, I'm not sure if making a decision on his future is the right way to say it, but he's just been playing some bad basketball here in the last two weeks or so. Yeah, he has. But I mean, if you look at the, the whole team pretty much has. That's um, true. Yep. And this is, this is one of those games to where nobody really could get it going. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's things, things like that is contagious. You know, making shots are, is contagious. Missing shots can't become contagious. Turning the basketball over can become contagious. Fouling people can become contagious when you're a bad basketball team. You know what I mean? But when you're a good basketball team, you can have moments and spurts where that happens, but you're able to correct it. I'm not seeing these guys correct it uh, when it starts going downhill, when it starts going bad. And you would think when you got six guys in double figures that, hey, man, you're probably going to win that basketball game. But also on the flip side, they have five guys in double figures and two uh, and almost three guys with 20. Miles Turner had 20, Paul George 25, Jeff Teague 19. So just there, that right there, that's just going to show you that, uh, you know, it's, it's going to be a problem, man. And, and, and these are the teams that they need to be trying to beat. These are benchmark teams, the teams that are, are focusing to, to make the playoffs. And they're not, they haven't started particularly well, but they're starting to get their game together now. And, I was expecting the Suns to be somewhere right here, like the 11-11 mark, you know, something like that, 500, but not so far under 500 to where I don't know what's going to happen with them. Um, Like I said, if they don't fix this, it's going to get real ugly and uh, because nobody's feeling sorry for them. Teams are going to keep coming in, and the games ain't going to stop until April. So uh, they got a long way, and they're a long way away. Seems like they could be really headed for a free fall. I want to end the podcast on one more question, but first uh, let me say that we I looked at like the next 10 games point after the loss against Denver, and that was Atlanta, Golden State, Utah, Indiana, and so on. They are 1-3 so far in this stretch, and they are 2-7 in their last nine games. And if you look on towards the rest of this upcoming month, really, and for the next month, they've got the Lakers tomorrow on ESPN, then they play New Orleans, but then the big teams they've got coming, they've got the Knicks, Spurs, Thunder, uh, Timberwolves, but then Houston, Philadelphia, Houston again, and then San Antonio, Toronto, Utah, the Clippers, uh, and then they get a little bit of a break here with the Heat and the Mavericks, but then they play Dallas uh, again, but then they play Cleveland, San Antonio, Utah, Cleveland, the Knicks, Toronto. They have a really grueling month and a half coming off. And I wanted to ask you, have you ever been on a team in a situation where you can tell at a certain point in the season that this is when the wheels are going to start to come off? Because I think we might be getting there with how the schedule's lining up. Well, I played on two bad teams that didn't have a shot to make the playoffs. Made the eight playoffs eight times out of my 11-year career mm-hmm. and uh three of those times uh that i the three times that i didn't make it one team we missed it by a game and a half so no that wasn't <laughs> the, the next year was the clippers and we pretty much knew you know we we were a young team uh had a lot of talent but just never could put it together and guys were playing for numbers and not playing for the ultimate goal and that's winning and then um, i was on the team with the heat and we knew it was over with after All-Star break. Pat Riley actually came in and said, hey, we're mathematically eliminated after All-Star break. Wow. And said, and basically ran us. We had three-hour practices from that point on. He said, <laughs> I have a, I have an owner that I have to answer to, just like you guys have a coach that I have to answer to. And from this point on, we are going to work, and you are going to earn your money. 
And I'd be damned if we didn't have three-hour practices to close out that season. And, uh, you know, we did earn our money. We definitely earned our money uh, with that. And But, uh, yeah, you, it, it's, you don't want to say it because it's so early right now, yeah. um, you, you know. But this is the, the – what do they call it? The, the, the time to where, hey, it's make or break. You know, it's, it's coming to that point to where it it's really either going to go – it's going to go one way or it's going to continue to go this way, that they, the way it's been in. You know, um, I don't know. You just want to see you want to see more fight. Like, I, I don't mind them losing. You could get outplayed. But they had three rebound, three offensive rebounds in, I want to say, three minutes. The last couple. And, and one came on a, a Miles Turner f- miss free throw. Yeah, at the end. And, yeah. yeah. And then but you need that rebound. So it's OK to get outplayed, but not to get outworked, you know, not out hustled. Then that's when you start looking around. And now you're going to have guys point fingers. And then that's when all the. the the, the team is going to go away from each other, and then yeah. it's going to just be a little different. So, man, uh, I don't know. I hope they get the, hope they get it together, man. I think that's a subject we should talk about on one episode in the future and kind of like what are the signs of a team when it's not going well. You talked about guys like playing for numbers, when exactly that happens, because I talked about that run of about 20 games I just listed off. This team could easily be uh, really somewhere like 10 and 30 or something like that through 40 games. I could really see that with the run of schedule coming up and the way that they've been playing. Hopefully they'll get T.J. Warren back again, but like we talked about a couple days ago, you asked me if I had any info. I asked you if you had any info. Nobody has any info on T.J. Warren except the people around the situation, really, so we don't know. And yeah, yeah, I want right, to say that. I want to say T.J. Warren's coming back, and this team will get better with him back, which is true, but we don't know when he's coming back. He could be no, back we, tomorrow. He could be back in three months. We have no idea. Uh, yeah, we have no idea, and I asked some guys around uh, yesterday, and, and it was mom. I didn't get any answers, so – it's a kind of funny little situation that's going on over there. But to echo all the teams that you said that this team is playing, that's why I said earlier that nobody's gonna feel sorry for you. Nope. These game, these games are gonna keep coming. You're gonna keep having to play, having to play. So it's you know uh, I, I said it last night on the post game show. They're gonna have to put their soldier shoot suits on and be some soldiers out there. You know they're gonna have to go to work with a, uh, a lack of a better term because you know. But that's what it's gonna have to take. You know what I mean? That that soldier mindset. So, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. And the thing to think about is we've been doing this podcast every weekday. We've previewed every single game they've had in the regular season so far. And think about those juggernaut teams we haven't even talked about yet. Like Houston, for example, James Harden's having an MVP season. We haven't talked about the Spurs at all. We haven't talked about the Cavaliers at all. We haven't, or the Cavaliers are obviously in the East, but they're a team that they're going to play twice. We haven't talked about a team like the Celtics, for example. There are a lot of marquee teams, the Clippers, that they have not played. They have only played once or haven't played at all this year. So it feels like they have had a little bit of a tough schedule with uh, playing Golden State three times early, but they still have a lot of work to do. And it could be a really long season. It it looks like it is going to be a really long season, but we'll be here for that really long season. We'll be back tomorrow. The Suns play their first game on national TV this year, I believe, against the Los Angeles Lakers. It will be on ESPN at 8.30. We will be uh, 8.30 Arizona time. We will be previewing the game tomorrow around the same time, and we will be back tomorrow. See you then.